Hello, Career Cohort. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Emily Wong, founder of Words of Distinction. We talk about tools for achieving career success, inspirational stories about overcoming career and life challenges, and how we can recalibrate our perspective to better enjoy the journey forward. Hi there. Today I have Beth Bonatti Kennedy. She is a leadership and executive coach and speaker, and she is the author of Career Recharge, Five Strategies to Boost Resilience and Beat Burnout. So welcome, Beth. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's really wonderful to have you. And Beth and I met back in, I believe, 2015 in Denver. Beth, I think that was the first time you might have been presenting on this topic. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it was early. definitely the first time I presented on my resiliency model. I, I had presented about stress and kind of all these other things, but it was the first time I kind of like, I, I guess, went out and shared it. And then um, it led, the excitement led me to writing uh, the book, which was, which was super. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Yeah. I know this is, it's such a, a mission for you. And you know, I'd love to know a little bit about how you got into this topic because it's, it's so, you're so passionate about it when you talk about it. I'd love yeah. to hear this. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a long story. So I'm going to give you little pieces, but it actually began in college and undergraduate. I went to a really small school called Bethany College in West Virginia. I was a psychology major and I was lucky enough to have this incredible professor, Dr. Thompson, who taught me about mindfulness and meditation. And this was, you know, 30 plus years ago. And I decided for my, we had to do a dissertation for undergrad. And my dissertation was stress management, a must for today's society. So believe it or not, all the way back then, I was really just studying stress. And to connect the dots, it actually goes back to my family. So my, I come from a workaholic family filled with passion but also filled with workaholism. So my dad owned a family moving company, Stanway Moving and Storage. And as a little girl, I would go on moving jobs with him. And he was my hero. You know, I just, his people loved him. He was a great leader and he did so much. But I realized at a young age, this man is just working way too hard. And sadly, um, he died at 66 years old from a massive heart attack. And when that happened, it just changed my life forever. I was, you know, doing a lot of career coaching and I was, I was doing a little bit of stress management with my clients. And I realized I, this is like a path I'm called because there are so many people like him. It doesn't matter whether you're a moving man or a top executive. Um, It's easy to be passionate and work too much. And then I had my own personal burnout story. So it, all the dots kind of connect, and that's why my mission is to really get it out there. And I also think, you know, I know this about you, Beth, um, about your dad, too, though. On the other side of that, he was a real connector, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and yes. There's like a story about his the hot buns, the hot buttered buns. Yes. So um, one of the stories that I share is that my job at the moving jobs was – we would stop at this bakery in New York and pick up this big box of beautiful rolls. They were all warm and buttered. And when we get to the job, he would have 
the organization, a lot of times, believe it or not, he did a lot of work for Pan American Airlines. And they would have coffees ready for all the employees. And my job was to go around and pass out these buttered rolls in the white wrap. And you should have seen, like, this simple gesture, going back to connection, made his employees feel like just like they were number one. And these individuals worked so hard. Um, he had the most amazing reputation. And I think I've really taken that into like my own business to realize it doesn't really matter what your specific function is or your position, right. how important it is to make other people feel like they are appreciated. And one of the interesting studies I just recently saw on Gallup was one of the reasons why so many people are leaving their jobs during this pandemic, uh, the great resignation, is they, they feel like they're not appreciated. They, they feel like that simple question of the manager saying, how are you doing but meaning it? Right. And I realized my dad, who was this working class man, had this gift of just connecting with people. And, um, and I just think it's, it's such a huge piece that we're going to have to even work harder as we're virtually, many of us are working virtually. Right. But um, just like these podcasts to me have been, for me, have been an incredible connection with new ideas and with different people. I think we're going to, we're going to see more of this for connection yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's a really nice story. And on another level, the reason I love the story about your dad was, this was back in the days when people weren't all squishy and talking about this and self-reflecting and, you know, right. how can I serve my teams better? He was just doing it because that yes. was the kind of guy he was. So yes. thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. So one of the things that you also talk about, and I think it's good to get this out of the way in the front end, Beth, is what resiliency is not. Yes. So so people know this is my big um I guess, hot button. Resiliency is not about working harder and longer and, you know, make showing up at 6 a.m. on your Slack and, show, and going to 9 p.m. Resiliency is about having a toolbox to move forward through challenges and transition and obstacles and moving forward without burning yourself out. So taking the time to recharge and reset and refresh and realizing it's different for everyone. So I think it's so important. And the reason why so many stress management programs fail is because they, you know, they'll say you need to do A, B, and C. And all of us, stress is different. I work with a lot of people that stress just drives them. And, but we need to know when there's too much stress and when there's that, there, just that optimal amount so we're in flow so we have the we're using our strengths we have a lot of challenge but we're we have that good amount of use rest so we're moving forward and i think what happened over many years which i saw when i was doing mostly career coaching was you know we had to we have to be almost the busy holic we have to be the overworker to be the one promoted and and i think what we've seen during these last two years in the pandemic and before that actually is being resilient is not about just working all the time. That is not what it means. So right. thank you for asking that question. Yeah, well, I yeah. love that because it's not, oh, I'm going to put my head down and power through. I'm resilient because I can do that. No, that's probably leading us down an unhealthy path, right? Right, exactly, exactly. So so one of the, you know, 
in your book, you have this Benati resiliency model. Yes. And I think if you take that through, starting with well-being, which you're, you're touching on already. Yep. Uh, can you talk us through that a little bit? Sure. So um, one of the things... One of the things that's important to know is that it actually became, the model was developed organically. Um, I had an opportunity to work at the Gillette Company and start a coaching program as a consultant many years ago. I was there for 16 years, and I was hired just to start coaching the factory employees that were developing the razor blades for the Gillette Company. So it was, I loved it, and I loved the idea that we were offering coaching to every level. And what I found was I was doing this career development work, but I realized, oh, you know what? Some of these people, I really need to get focus on their well-being. And then that kind of happened organically. And when I talk about um, well-being, it's physical, emotional, and spiritual, whatever that means for you, getting a little bit of that every day. And then the piece that I was doing as part of my practice was the self-awareness. And that's, you know, what is your purpose? What is your mindset? Do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? And then I've always, for many years, just I feel understanding your personality type is so important. So whether, I don't, it doesn't matter what assessment you use, whether it's the MBTI or type coach or DISC, I feel that's such an important piece of, you know, success in the workplace. So I was using those two areas. And then um, organically, I got trained uh, to be a brand analyst and realize this was a missing piece. We need to know our brand and what are those unique strengths we bring to an organization. And believe it or not, I think this is a game changer for preventing burnout, which maybe we'll get to or maybe we'll not. Um, and then the fourth area is connection. And I didn't realize, um, you know, I, I didn't realize till I went through my own burnout how important connection is. So I actually added that to my coaching, making sure people every day, whatever job they were in at Gillette, were proactively connecting with other people. And notice I'm not using the word networking um, because people hate that word, yes. but authentically cultivating, nourishing, trusting relationships. And what does that mean? And then the final piece is innovation. And, and I know that innovation can be considered a buzzword, but... I think of innovation a little bit differently, and that's any new challenge, not only in your career, but your personal life. So again, a great way to prevent burnout, if you are in an intense job, what's your hobby? And make, make sure that comes in, you know, maybe you want to do volunteer work. So what I do with all my clients is we track all five areas, and the exciting news is it can really help prevent burnout, even for people that are completely passionate and working way too much. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the beginning yep. here because this is yep. like I like the way you laid this out. Yeah. So well-being and self-awareness. It's really yep. interesting. I just read a great article by Dr. Serena Chen from Berkeley, and she did some research and she found a correlation between self-compassion and the growth mindset that you talked about from Carol Dweck. Yeah. Yeah. So it. The way, you know, when you were talking about well-being and self-awareness were kind of the, the, the keystones of, of your yes. model yep. that made so much sense because when you are self-compassionate, you tend to be, well, the way Dr. Chen explained it was you can have high self-esteem or you can be really into self-flagellation, right? Mm, so you yep. make a mistake 
and you can say, well, I'm great. It wasn't my fault. And then there's no reflection. Or you can beat yourself up and then you're frozen in that state. But if there's self-compassion, you're, you're triggering that growth mindset because you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is okay. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to think about this and now think about what do I have? How can I grow in this? So I, I really love the way that that's kind of combined in your process as well. Yes. And, and it's interesting. I've, I've been seeing a lot about compassion. And one of the things I really like, I just saw someone write a little article about during this pandemic, everyone's saying I should be going in more. I should be. And, and this article was about we need to be gent more gentle with ourselves and really think about, you know, on a daily basis, what is the impact I need to make? And I love that. I was reading this article saying, oh, yeah, that's resilience. You know, right, it's right. not the shoulds or the ought. Maybe in my role. Maybe beginning in the fall, I will go back one or two days a week, but not I should be doing it just because I'm feeling guilty about it. Right. And then you're leading by example. If you're a right. leader, you have to be thinking that way. And I think right now, you know, we're all over the place. We thought, okay, yes. the pandemic is over, but yeah, it's not really right. No. And we're no. still like, oh, you know, some companies are all in. You have to be there five days a week others are we're going full remote and not necessarily everybody likes that route either right because they right. want to be around other people um it's harder to connect right right Actually. um so anyway i think you know that whole you know the compassion thing is really really important and i think that you know sometimes people are a little hesitant oh that's so touchy-feely but it really isn't because right. you have to if you're compassionate with yourself you're also compassionate with your employees. Right. And that spreads. Yeah. And I want to say something. I remember when I first came out with the resiliency model, you know, in 2016, whenever it was, I remember organizations saying, oh, Beth, not sure you can do that in your workshop, you know, touchy feely. And now I'm cracking up because every company, one of the competencies is resilience. So I, I think we're going to see a lot more of the compassion. Because the other thing is, and I, and I think we have the science to show this, is what compassion does to the brain, you know, mm. produces those good brain chemicals. Absolutely. And again, um, there is still so much stress right now, so much distress, which is really becoming kind of exhausting and kind of bringing people down rather yes. than giving them that recharge that they need. And yeah. this is a great segue into the next area, which is brand, because it's your career you know, for your career resilience, if you know, if you know your brand, it's a lot easier to deal, right? Yes, it is. And it's so interesting. Um, I was at a conference once when I was presenting this and, and someone stayed after that was a career development expert. And she said, I love everything, but I disagree with the brand geese. That's really not going to make people resilient. You're confusing people. And I, and I gave her a bunch of case studies where when someone really figured out this is my unique skills and my unique strengths and this is the difference I want to make in the organization and then I meet with the manager and all of a sudden this project comes and I'm the one that's selected for it it's like again it's flow they so I said exactly. it's a really important piece that has been left out for many many years and the last 15 years we're talking about it and I think that it's important for us to realize that it's we're not saying 
that that's the only thing we do. We're saying this is our unique gifts and this is the difference and the impact and the influence I want to make. And that's where I think brand, like branding statements can be so powerful. Exactly. And it's not just to make sure we all understand. We don't mean branding as in an influencer. Right. We're talking, we're coming from a really authentic place about right. what our skills are. Um, and then on the other side of that, you know, I work, I write resumes and, and right. help people with their LinkedIn, LinkedIn profiles. And when my clients really dig deep and understand what it is that set them apart, because they're always different. There's never been a client with the same skill set overall. Right. And when they realize that it's a, it's a real hurdle that they've overcome and they recognize this is who I am and this is how I'm going to serve this company. Here's how I'm going to make an impact. And what a great relief and, and also a boost for confidence. Right. Right. And I think the other important piece too is it's never, we're never going to find that perfect career that fits every piece of our brand. But it's, it's like a vision. You know, it, we, we can keep working on projects. We can even take courses. You know, if you want more creativity in your career, you might even be able to take a course in that or, again, get involved in volunteer work. But I do right. think it's a huge, I think it's a huge piece to help prevent burnout. Right, right. And you just did something that was really cool. You did your, was that your first TED Talk? TEDx yes. Talk? Yes. yes. So when I was watching your presentation, I was thinking to myself, I believe Beth used every one of her five points in her model, right? Yes. I, I tried. I tried. It was, it was really challenging when they said 18 minutes or less. And, um, wow. And it was a, such an interesting process because I had an opportunity to, I had a TEDx professional coach um and his name was jeffrey and then i also had a student coach from northeastern which was just as wonderful and when i sent my first talk they both said way too much you'll never get through this in 18 minutes so it was really interesting for me because um in the talk when i share my my story of going down the burnout escalator i had to think about the areas of the model that helped me the most um, right, so it was, right. it was, it's inter it was a, a really good exercise for me. Well, I remember when you posted about it originally, um, it, the, the thing that, that stood out for me was this next, cause we talked about well-being, self-awareness, brand, and then connection. And to me, I just felt like you had this great team behind you and you were thanking all these people who, who stood with you and not on the stage, of course, but they yes. stood, they stood behind you. They helped things flow. And you know, there was production, all of that. Right. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I enjoyed the journey. You know, when I first got the email inviting me to do the TEDx, I actually enjoyed the journey just as much as the getting there that day and meeting these people finally face to face. Cause so much of it was done virtually. But one of the things that I couldn't believe talk about having a tribe was just even how some of my close friends that aren't even in the coaching industry, um, one, one took me away to Cape Cod for three days so I could stop doing work and practice. And then another woman, um, Betsy Day, who is a leadership coach, she took me away for two nights and said, 
I'm yours. We're just going to practice. We're just, wow. and it was, and I'm just so grateful because the whole journey was so fun. And yeah. again, that, that goes back to that connection and innovation piece. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. One of the things that I recently um, was saying to someone, you know, who was said, I really feel like I'm burnt out. As I said, don't keep, don't be isolated about ask for help ask for help and it it can be sometimes it can be that friend it could be that neighbor it could be a coach but mm-hmm. don't don't sit in that area alone because it can be really isolating but i also feel like anyone on this that's listening that if you get a new exciting project at work whatever it might be get a tribe don't be afraid to get people to get on board and help you but it also makes it so much more fun yes and i love the fact that yep. you said i loved i i enjoyed the journey because that, that is the thing when we're doing something new and we're afraid. Yep. I, I'm not I'm not saying that you were afraid. I think what you yep. did was very brave. I will yes. say that. Yep. And it's always a little scary if you're doing it by yourself. And so you covered in there as well the connection part and the innovation that d- taking yourself into something new like what you what you preach is to do that, right? Yeah. And and I will add, which was interesting, um, at that point, there was so, I was, my caseload was huge because there was so much burnout going on. And I, I honestly was like, I don't know if I can take this on. And then I was like, what, what, in my mastermind, um, one of my colleagues, Gail, said, reminded me, Beth, remember how you practice your model? And I was like, I am practicing my model. And I am saying no, and I am making this, saying no to saying yes to things I shouldn't be. And I am saying yes to this and moving forward. So it's just another good lesson for all of us is like when something comes on your path to think about, is this a chance to grow and stretch you? And I knew this totally would be a stretch. Um, And, and I, I did say no to a lot of taking on a lot of work that was coming in during that, that three months. It was an intense three months. Right. That's, and that's the thing you can say no so that you can say yes to something else. Right. 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 Um, now, in your book, you talk about this concept of the Friday Five, and this sounds like a lot of fun. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I, I um, it was really interesting. A few years ago, I found that, you know, when I, when I was researching for the book um, about habits, I realized, wow, a lot of business professionals have so much going on. Then they have coaches, and then they have this and they have that. How can I really make them become more resilient. So part of my research was realizing when you dive in deep to the science, you need to have those cues. So you need to have, what are those things that are, that are gonna make me bring these new new habits into my life? So I have, it started with what's called a habit triangle. So I have you and you could do it right now if you're on this call, is what's something you do as a habit every day. So say you walk your dog, You'd take a triangle, and in the middle, you'd put walk your dog. And what are those three cues? So it might be your alarm goes off. It might be the dog smiles, and it might be you just you feel so good when you put your sneakers on and you leave the door. So I realized, wow, I need to have something like that for my clients because I keep saying, are you doing your well-being? Are you doing your self-awareness? So I, de- I developed what's called the Friday Five. And what it is, is every Friday, they get an email from me with a motivational quote. And there's three questions. The first question is, what were my, what were my resiliency wins this week? So they, they 
look at that model and they'll share with me, wow, this is what I did for brand or this is what I did for connection. The second question is, what is my resiliency goal for next week? So they would send me, next week I'm going to focus on connection. I'm going to reach out to two colleagues. And then the third question is, what is my plan to achieve that goal? So then to, to dive in deep. So if I'm going to meet with these two colleagues, maybe I'll go into Boston and set up lunch with them. So the amazing thing is I've had an 80% return rate. So when I send out this email every Friday morning, 80% of my clients are pretty good replying. And then what, we, what happens is when they first start working with me, we have a resilience benchmark. And they, um, take, they assess themselves on the five areas. And then throughout our time working together, in three-month mark, I have them take it again. Six-month mark, they take it again. And the exciting thing is we get great results. And I really believe it's from the Friday Five. So I encourage any of you that are on this call that are like, I wish I was, could exercise two days a week. Start the Friday Five and put recharge Pick five minutes on Friday. And the reason why it's, I should say, it's, the reason why it's the Friday five is there's five areas in the model, well-being, self-awareness, brand, connection, and innovation. But it only takes five minutes. So we know, we know from all these amazing habit books, small goals work. So yes. you set your timer for five minutes. You answer those through three questions. And you notice by question three, you're scheduling it. So whether it's connection or whether it's brand working on my LinkedIn profile, I'm scheduling it into my calendar. Yes. So, um, so I would encourage people to try it, and, um, and I think you'll see some great results. I think the, the small bits, those snack size tasks, if for, for lack of a better word, because they're, they're more no, fun than perfect. tasks, right? Yes, right? yes. A couple of episodes ago, I actually talked about taking your job search and turning it into a project like you would do anything else like gosh, whether you're that. well it's you know we do that for our, our new kitchen or our bathroom or or whatever we do for the PTA right we turn we make it a project and we've always heard this advice that we should treat our job search like a full-time job and if you think about that Okay. Yeah. Does that mean 40 hours a week I have to work on my job search? Oh my gosh. And what does that mean? And one of the things that I really insist on is taking the project and breaking it down into the teeniest, tiniest parts because I can really make things too big for myself, Beth. Yeah. I do it all yeah. the time. Yeah. We all do. We all yeah. do. And I bring it down. It gets teenier and teenier and teenier until I feel like, oh, I can handle this. Right. And so if people are approaching their job search that way or if they're uh, working on their resiliency that way, they're not feeling so burdened yes. by, a, by this big nebulous thing that they can't even like get their head around. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, I love that. I'm going to start yeah. doing that. Beth. Good. Good. Let me know. Let me know. I, I always love to hear from people and anyone on this call, if it works for you, you know, let me know, email me. <laughs> okay. That would be great. Yeah. Um, do you have just in, in closing, do you have any tools that you recommend for resiliency other than this tool that you just gave us? Which yeah. Is great. So I want to offer everyone on this call. I've decided to offer my resilience benchmark to the public. Um, during the pandemic, I decided that I would put it on my website so people could do their own benchmark for free. 
And so all you need to do is go on my website. It's BethKennedy.com, and you scroll down, and you'll see some uh, a little quote about resilience. And then it says, take the benchmark today. And it, will, it takes less than 10 minutes, and it will um, assess you in the five areas. And basically what it does, it gives you a spider diagram so you know which area to focus on first. And I like that because then that connects with the Friday Five. So if yeah. your brand is low, ooh, that means maybe I'll spend 10 minutes a week on my LinkedIn and boy, I can already see the impact on that. So I wanted to offer that to everyone on this call um, and you might find it really helpful and it's something you can take again three months later and six months later. That's fantastic. So that will be in the show notes. Okay, great. And then any any other any other tools or did you want to share you know other ways to get in touch with you how we can get your book sure sure so um i would um my book i know you guys can't see me right now but is available on amazon it's also an audio book as well it's as emily said it's career recharge five strategies to boost resilience and beat burnout and one of the things that i'm most excited about the book is it's very actionable so after each area where I focus on the model, um, I have actionable ac exercises. So one of the exciting parts of the pandemic has been organizations have actually ordered the book for an entire team. And whether I do the webinar or not isn't, you know, I have done a ton of webinars, but what's been fabulous is I have managers running career recharge teams. So it's something that you could do if you have a group of three or a group of four or a group of five. Um, so you can find me there. I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Beth Kennedy, or my on Twitter at Coach B Kennedy. Um, I have a Facebook page, which is Benati Leadership Development. And as I said, my website is www.bethkennedy.com. And as far as tools, I also want to um, just emphasize that in my book, after every chapter, I offer resiliency boosters. So uh, just for example, in the well-being chapter, um, one of the things that I, that I, the first bullet for a resiliency booster is make morning intentions. Start your day with two intentions for the day. For example, calm and confident, patient and relaxed, energized and happy, refreshed and focused. So if you're looking for some quick tools to help you um, become more resilient, career recharge might be helpful. And I should mention I also do a monthly e-zine that offers quick little strategies for resiliency as well. Well, that's fantastic. This is such a plethora of information. I've got some things to do tomorrow, Beth. <laughs> you sure do. You sure I'm do. excited. Yeah. And I, and I encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn and it would be fun to uh, have you check out my TEDx talk as well. Oh, absolutely. I'll yeah. put those in, that in the show notes too, Beth. Okay, great. So, All right. Thanks again for coming. It was great talking to you. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for listening to this episode of Career Cohort. I'm Emily Wong. You can find all my podcasts and blog posts at wordsofdistinction.net. And if you'd like to chat about how I can help you define the next step in your career and achieve your goals, head on over to the same website and book a time on my calendar for a free consult. In the meantime, please be sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great content.